Hey, good morning, folks. Welcome to Morning with uh, Mac. You're sitting across the breakfast table here in the Brunson home from me. And uh, for the next 15 days, I'm going to take you through the 15 Psalms of Ascent. Um, it's interesting how these Psalms got their name. By the way, there are five books that make up what we call the Psalter. And these Psalms fall in the fifth of those books. The Psalms of Ascent are Psalms that uh, most scholars believe uh, the Jews sang as they went up to the temple to worship on the occasions when they would gather together in Jerusalem. Uh, a lot of these scholars believe that they sang when they came out of Babylon, and I think that's what you'll find in the first Psalm of Ascent, which begins with Psalm 120. It's an unusual psalm, uh, but uh, it's meaningful uh, as they begin these Psalms of Ascent. It's kind of interesting how this one is the one that starts off all the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, they would sing these uh, as they went up to Jerusalem on the occasion of Passover or Pentecost or Tabernacles. Um, all of the uh, Jews made their way up. Some of them believe um, that these there were 15 steps in the temple itself and that they would sing these on each one of those steps, these 15 different Psalms. So I'm going to take you through what I just do whenever I sit down early in the morning and I begin to have my devotional time. So I hope you've got a copy of God's Word uh, and uh, you've got a pencil, you've got a pen, you've got a piece of paper, something you can journal with. And I'm just for a few minutes going to give you a brief uh, couple of ideas, really one major point. Whenever I go to a text of Scripture, uh, I want to go to the main idea. What is the main idea of uh, the writer here? What is God saying? What is that central concept? So whenever you go to study a passage, look for that main idea. So I'm going to begin with Psalm 120, the first Psalm of Ascent. We're, we're living in distressing days. And this is what I want to do over the next 15 days is I want to take you up one step to the next step to the next step. So at the end of 15 days, you will have come up out of that distress, anguish, worry, fear uh, that you may be experiencing right now. So listen to what the psalmist says. Psalm 120, I've got a new American standard and I've got the English standard. I've got both of these here uh, that I'm looking at. So I'm going to read out of the English standard version. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Now, what the psalmist is doing, because I, I, can, I can look at uh, how he said this, he's reflecting back. He's thinking back on this. This is not where he is now, but he's thinking back on what had happened to him. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Now he's asking God, first of all, he's calling out to God in distress, which by the way, I'll give you the tip off. This is the main idea of the psalm. And what he's asking God to do out of his distress is deliver me. Now maybe that's what you're praying this morning. Lord, deliver me out of this distress that I'm in, this economic distress, this physical distress. Um, deliver me, he's praying from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. He says, 
God, I've been hurt. Somebody has slandered me. Somebody has lied against me. I want you to deliver me from that. Maybe that has happened in your life. It certainly happened in my life. Uh, somebody has slandered me. I've been lied against. I understand exactly what he's saying. Now, let me go to verse three. What shall be given to you? Now he's talking to the person who slandered him, to the person who's, who has lied against him. What shall be given to you? What, what's God gonna do to you? And what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? He looks at those who have hurt him and he says, what is God gonna do to you? Because you've slandered me, you've hurt me. And by the way, let me give you another little insight here. I'm not so sure that the psalmist here is not speaking of all of Israel. And I'll show you why in just a moment. I think Israel is in a situation where they've been lied about, slandered, mocked, ridiculed, put down, abused. I think this is coming out of the Babylonian captivity. So he says, what is God gonna give to you? Verse four, this is what God will do. A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Now, what is that? He says, God will do this. Uh, there will be a sharp arrow. God will pierce this and he will do it with glowing coals of the broom tree. Now, the broom tree, I know, is, is a wood that is very hard, very dense, and it burns at an intense heat and it burns a long time. It's like coals. I've seen this burning on the eastern side of, um, of Jordan uh, when I was out in the Jord Jordanian desert um, out there, the Arabian desert. I've seen Bedouins put these, this broom tree, this wood that looks like coal uh, in, a, in a little trough and they would cook meat over it. So it just burns forever and ever and ever, it seems like, with uh, as coals. So what he's saying is God's gonna take care of this. Now, just listen to what he said. He says, what is God gonna do to those who've hurt me? He says, I'm going to leave that into God's hands. Now, let me tell you something, Christian. Better than seeking your own vengeance in a situation, put it in God's hands. That's what he's saying here. God will take care of this. I will leave this for God to do. Now, let me get on to verse five. Woe to me. Now he's speaking. And in fact, that little word woe right there is a deep, a deep distress. Oh, how terrible this is. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech and that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Now, I think these are metaphorical. Uh, Meshech is way to the north of the Black Sea. And Kedar refers to those tribes, those Arabic tribes that are way to the south in what we would know as Saudi Arabia. And I think he's saying from this place to this place, I'm far away. Um, you know, we would say from, from here to Timbuktu. That's what he's saying metaphorically. I'm in a place far away from Jerusalem. I'm in a place far away from God had me, where God had me. Now for the Jew, they were to be in the land, uh, to be outside the land of promise, the land of Israel, was to be under the judgment of God. That's why in Deuteronomy 28, God tells them, if you don't keep this covenant, I'm going to send a people from 
far away, a language you don't know, who's going to take you away out of the land. Well, to be out of the land for the Jew is to be outside of the will of God. It's to be in a place uh, where the judgment of God is. So he says, this is where I am. I'm far away outside. I think he's referring to the Babylonian captivity. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach and that I dwell among the tents of Kedar too long. Uh, Have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace? He says, too long have I been away from those who are the people of God. Too long have I been away from Jerusalem and my home and where God would have me be. Always associate and understand peace with God. In fact, that's one of the names given to the Messiah, Prince of Peace. Uh, By the way, tomorrow morning at 1045, right here, I'm gonna be preaching on the peace offering. Uh, And it's an amazing word to us in the midst of what we're going through personally and, and as a nation. He says, I've been away. He says, what I want is I want peace. I am, verse seven, for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. What he says is this, I'm for God and they're for everything that is the opposite of God. Now that's where he was. And as he's going up to Jerusalem, he is thinking back on how he called out to God to deliver him out of that terrible situation. He called on God in his distress, deliver me and listen to what he says. And he answered me. That's all in verse one. There's your major point right there. And the point is this, when you're in distress, no matter how bad it is, no matter how far away you feel from God, you call out to God in your distress and he'll answer you. Now that is the word for the day. Now, I want to end it this way with an Andy Griffith illustration. Do you remember the episode, Man in a Hurry? Um, Watched it last night. Man in a Hurry, this very successful, wealthy businessman on his way to Charlotte to an important business meeting, and his car breaks down two miles out of Mayberry, and he walks into the Little town of Mayberry, he finds Andy and he says, I've got to get my car fixed. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get to an important meeting down in Charlotte. And Andy said, well, it's Sunday and nobody works here. Boy, that takes me back to my childhood. The whole town of Greenwood would just close down. And uh, he says, but I've got to go. I'm, I'm, he's a man in a hurry. And uh, he, he goes to Wally and Wally can't, the mechanic can't fix his car because it's Sunday. He goes down to the filling station and Gomer's there, but Gomer doesn't have the ability to do it. He's not a mechanic. He just puts gas and air in the car and water. Um, and so he's frustrated and he's angry. And these two sisters are on the telephone and they've tied up this public utility talking to each other, the Morrison sisters. And uh, he's frustrated with that. Well, there comes a scene where Andy and uh, Don are out on the, Uh, Barney are out on the porch and Andy picks up his guitar guitar, and he begins to sing and uh, Barney joins in. They got this beautiful little harmony going on, this old, old song. Uh, There's there's a church in the valley by the wild wood. Uh, No lovelier place um, there could be. You know, nothing so dear to my childhood is the little brown church in the veil. Well, the man in a hurry comes out and he's standing on the porch and he leans up against the post. 
and he's looking off in the distance. And in the midst of all of his hurry, their singing takes him back to a peaceful moment. He remembers something. You can tell he's thinking and remembering. And he begins to sing that old hymn. Oh, come, come, come uh, to the wildwood. Oh, come to the church in the vale. There's nothing so dear to my childhood as the little brown church in the vale. Maybe that's what you need to do today, is you need to reflect back on those distressing moments when God answered your prayer. These songs are to prepare the worshiper for worship. They're on their way up to Jerusalem, and they sing these songs to prepare their heart. One day, we're going to be back together in church. Use these days right now to prepare your heart for worship. Thank you.